Thank you, Jesus. Such a joy to be in the house of the Lord this morning to sing His praises. Hallelujah. Here, the clock ticks. We run out of time. The days end. Praise God. But there will be a time when we will praise Him endless days. Hallelujah. Because He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Praise God. We are delighted this morning to have a man of God here with us. We are in the seventh day of our fasting and prayer that is going on. During the course of the last week, we were with church together. We got together every day and we were praying. We were fasting. And the fasting and prayer continues uh, tomorrow night to all the way next Saturday night. Tuesday morning all the way to Friday morning. We'll listen to that schedule very carefully. Monday night to Saturday night. Tuesday morning to Friday morning. Uh, there will be prayer going on here in the church. Make sure that you take time to come. In the evening, if you're coming, there is a translation. Somebody asked me if the translation is going to be all the way, meaning the complete message will be translated. Because last week we had a a preacher who had so much to say that he will have the way uh, through the message. He will stop the translator and because he has so much more to share. I told him that you can't do that here. Um, uh, anyway, we are glad that you know, after that we, we had translation all the way. So uh, if, a, if we have enough people that needs translation, definitely there is going to be translation. So please do come and be blessed. Okay. Uh, yesterday and today we have a man of God, Pastor Jacob Baby. Um, he is from Philadelphia. He is from here, but he moved to Philadelphia. Uh, I think many of you know him. His father's name, late Pastor O.C. Baby Chine, is known. Uh, that was That's his dad. And we are delighted that he is here this morning. He was the youth pastor of Ebenezer Church of God in Philadelphia. The Lord has called him out, and he is... is venturing out into different areas, uh, ministering. By profession, he is an engineer, but the Lord is also using him to build the kingdom of God as well. So we are delighted that he is here. His wife is here, Betsy, and daughter Evangeline. Betsy, where are you? Can you please stand up? Thank you. God bless you as well. Betsy is Pastor M.O. Samuel's daughter. Am I right? Yes. She is Pastor M.O. Samuel's daughter. We are delighted to have them all three here. Brother uh, Pastor Jacob Baby is going to come and he's going to minister from God's word. Shall we sit in the presence of the Lord with a prayerful attitude? For today's meditation, let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. Verse 13 to 16. I can use the chorus. Thank you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. I'm going to read it. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. 
A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light up a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you bless it and give it to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you have your way. I pray that you speak to us, discern our hearts. Bring conviction, O oh God. Let there be transformation. Let there be change, O oh God, a radical change in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for you are in control. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It is indeed a joy for me to be here with you all. Um, as I said yesterday, there are uncles and aunts here who have seen me from the days where I was wearing diaper. Uh, you know, till, till today, there are people who, uh, men of God and uh, women of God who have encouraged me even when I was in New York. Uh, 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 there are brothers and sisters here, uncles and aunts who prayed with me, encouraged me, advised me. Um, you know, all the way, even till today, uh, there are men and women of God sitting here who, you know, always pray for me and, you know, give me good wishes. And I'm really thankful and delighted to be with you all this morning. Hallelujah. With that said, I would like to get into the word. Today, I would like to talk to you about, you are the light of the world. Everybody say, you are the light of the world. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, you are the light of the world. Now, look at the other side and turn to your other neighbor and say, you are the light of the world. Some of you are like, oh, my God, really? Come on. All right, all right. I just want you guys to just, you know, uh, just come with me. Um, I believe when I speak, you are, uh, you know, receiving God's word. But at the same time, we all are in this together. Amen? Would you pray for me? And God, God helps me and enables me. We do this together. So come with me this morning. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. When God says, you are the light of the world, I want you to understand that Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but, but now we are the light. When Jesus was in this earth, he was a light. There was sick being healed. There were demons being cast out. There were people being taught about the kingdom of God. People were learning from him. People were transformed. Lives were transformed. I mean, the whole nine yards. He was the light. People were following him. It was like, you, you read constantly in the gospels, it was like people, sheep without a shepherd. And now all of a sudden, after 400 years, after John, now they see Jesus. This could be the Messiah, the light. But now Jesus is taken up. And Jesus says, you are here to represent me. Amen? He's saying, you are here to represent me. 
The only Jesus that people can see today is you. The only Jesus that people can receive a touch from is you. The only place that can encounter God is through you. He has called you to be a light in this dark world. Many of us have heard this kind of messages several times and we have gone through it again and again. I'm telling you, even the other, other day, you know, I, um, after, when my daughter goes to sleep after prayer and everything, uh, you know, the story time where she goes to sleep and we have been going through the scripture portions and I, you know, we go through it. And even, even when I was talking to my daughter about this passage, it just felt so fresh and so new where, where the Spirit of God was telling me, you are the light of the world. We oftentimes don't understand the depth of that verse and the intensity behind it and the power behind it. We are called to be the light of this world. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now I'm going to jump on to the next verse. It says, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand. And it shall give light to all those who are in the house. I want you to understand that when... I want you to understand that when Jesus talks about a city on a hill, the basic concept behind that verse is historically, and you know it, if you know the word of God, if you study history, if you go through the Old Testament, you can understand that cities, the big cities, were up on a hill. The cities with power were up on the hill. If there was a city on a hill, People wanted to conquer that city if you were a powerful nation. You wanted to conquer that city because you wanted to have a city on a hill. A city on a hill was looked up to. It was a strong city. city where there was wealth and it was flourishing. People would be coming in and out. It would stand out. That, that city cannot be hidden. If something tragic happens, people can still see it. But if people, when people look at it, they say, hey, that's the city of, that's on the hill. You can see several, several cities in the Bible that were situated up on a hill, which was a strong city and a powerful city. And God is saying, you are a city on a hill. But what the context, what I'm trying to talk to you today, this morning is, when Jesus says the city cannot be hidden, and when Jesus talks about a lamp that was lit but is put under a basket. I believe prophetically Jesus is talking about what's happening in today's times. Where there is this trend of hiding. There is a trend of being hidden. A trend of not being seen. A trend of not being public. To keep things hidden, to keep things under the basket. Yes, you have the light of the Lord on you. Yes, you come to church and you worship. Yes, you come to church and speak in tongues. Yes, you declare God's word in the church and the sanctuary. Maybe you are good in even teaching your kids about God. But then the world is yet to see the light that God has put upon you with a purpose and a plan. 
Because there is this trend of hiding and trend of being afraid, trend of being timid and shy. There's a lot of fear when it comes to showing our light out. Let me first say that showing our light out doesn't mean you have to preach all the time. I was saying, uh, yesterday I think I was sharing with someone else, I'm not a preacher in my workplace. I don't even tell, I don't even tell them, oh, you know what, God loves you. Uh, I don't say any of that. But I would tell you, even till today, I've seen people coming to me and asking for prayer. Knowing that there's something different in this person, knowing that there is something unique about this person. I'm not saying I'm unique, I'm something special. But I've seen God doing things. There are Hindus who came to me talking about their anxiety problems and issues and they wanted prayer. I've never preached in my workplace. My co-workers know that I'm a Christian. But not because I was yelling at them or preaching like, you know, right at them. No. You become a light. In this dark world, they will recognize you. They will see the light that's in you. Because it cannot be hidden. It will stand out like a city on a hill. You become an encouragement, a light for many in the darkness. But I want you to understand that in this dark world, it is not, it is not just the fact that we are hiding, but we are hiding because there are so many reasons to hide. And there are so many things that we are fearful of, that we are afraid of. I want to take you to the, to the story of David and Goliath. Here is a man who was anointed of God. And a whole army, they were big men. They were strong men. And for 40 days and nights, they've been hearing a Philistine yelling at them, screaming at them, challenging them. Shouting and yelling and screaming and cursing at the very God that they believe in. We have come to such a time as that. The devil is, the devil is doing everything he possibly can. Revelation chapter 12. We read about how devil knows that his time is short. And therefore he is busy. He's doing everything possible he can. He's screaming at our kids. He's screaming at our families. He's screaming at our churches saying that he is going to destroy it. And it's high time for the people of God to understand that as the world is throwing things at the church, as the world is throwing things, the media is throwing things at our families and our young ones, it's high time for us as children of God to stand up. To stand up for what we believe in. What is the difference between David and Goliath? What is the difference between David and Goliath? They both were anointed. They both were men of God. But there was one man who decided to, even though he had the light and the anointing, and he has won many battles, and he, he knows how God can do miracles in his life, and how God has won battles for him. But now he's fearful. He's shy. He's hiding.
David and Goliath. Saul, yes, yeah, sorry, thank you. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> David and Saul, two, two people. Both are anointed by God. But both are having a different perspective right now in front of the battle line. Remember, people of God, we are in, in the battle right now. The church of God has, has always been and is now in a battlefield. The devil can yell and scream all he wants. But it is high time for the men and women of God to come up bold. To be bold and fearless. And to come up and say, hey you. Defiling the very armies of God of Israel. God has put a light in me. And in the name of the Lord I shall come against you. I'm speaking to you from God's word as the Lord gave me this word last night. And I'm sharing this with you this morning. And I want you to go back to the book of 1 Samuel with me. In light of what we were talking about, I want you to go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verse 46. Verse 46. Of the camp of the Philistines, to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. The world, the world will know that there is a God. When? Oh, Jesus. When will the world know there is a God? When the people of God decide to come out of their hiding places. They decide to step out and declare the word of the Lord powerfully. What happens in that verse? Why did I make you read that verse? Is that verse something that happened? Did he say that after the battle? He said it before. And did everything happen according to that verse? Exactly. You might think it is prophetic, right? He comes out boldly. And by faith, he starts proclaiming things. He starts saying, today, this is going to happen to you. Today, my God is going to do this. Today, my God shall fight the battle. Today, I'm going to cut your head down. Today, hey, Goliath, if you think you have got my child, today, in the name of the Lord, I declare something against you in Jesus' name. I want my child back. I feel the presence of God so heavy in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a declaration that we need to do. A, a way where we speak out things. 
It is not a time for us to be shy and timid and fearful. I believe if there was anybody in the, in, in the camp of Israel, if there was any man or even Saul who would just come up and say, God is going to fight my battle. I don't care what you are. I don't care how big you are. I don't care who I am. But God is, is with me. I'm going to come forward. If you would step forward in your life, if you would come out of your hiding spot, if you would be bold enough to come out and shine the light that God has given you. Ah, God. Oh, my God. You're going to see victories. You're going to see victories. You're going to see battles being won. Guess what? Guess what? He has already won all battles at the cross. You're, you're, you are fighting from victory. You are fighting from victory to victory. The battle has already been won. Instead of being tired, I mean, instead of being shy or timid or fearful, the Lord is calling the church to step out and start proclaiming things. Hallelujah. 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 Can someone come with me to the book of Luke? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The book of Mark, I'm sorry, the book of Mark, chapter 11. Chapter 11, verse 22. Uh huh. Go ahead. Hallelujah. See, God is calling us out with a ministry of authority. Hey, God has given us authority. Understand that he has given us authority to, to trample down snakes and scorpions and every powers of the enemy. He has given us authority to conquer. He has given us authority to win battles. He has given us authority over every demonic forces, over every sickness, over every diseases. The book of Matthew and Mark, chapter 9, you can see that uh, he has given us authority over diseases. And right here, God is saying, you just have to say it. Speak it out. You know, there's one thing that it always fascinates me. If there is a bear that's coming up against me, and the bear is walking up against me, who, 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 who is here who would just stand there and say you have a gun and you have a gun with you? You have a gun. It's loaded and you're ready to go. It's with you. It's with you, but a bear is coming to attack you. You wouldn't stand there and be like, oh, wow. Look at that. Oh, God. Is he going to kill me? not for you to put it in your pocket or put it in his holder. You are supposed to take the authority and then shoot the devil right in his head and put him down because God has given you a light and it's a light of authority. Authority with every powers of the enemy. It is time for the church of God to move forward. To step out of our comfort zones where, where the enemy has kind of put us, cornered us down to. 
And there's fear that, oh, if I say something to somebody, will they reject the gospel? Will they say I'm crazy? Will they say I'm cuckoo? Will they say that I, I am, I'm a freak, a religious freak? I am a radical? Or, or, or they might see what, whatever, fundamentalist or whatever. But like I said yesterday, the world is hungry. Hungry to hear the gospel. Let's go back to the passage that we're talking about. He said, verse 15, Nor did they light a lamp and put it under the basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine so before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Could you put up that picture with, um, with the bottle, with the firefly in the bottle? Sound team. So me and my daughter, that's it. Can you guys see it? It's a fireflies in a bottle. Me and my daughter went out. She's fascinated by these fireflies that are lighting up in the dark. And I thought it's going to be cool if I could grab some of these in a bottle and put it together and give it to her because she's scared of bugs. So I thought I'd put it in a bottle. She was still scared, but it looked beautiful. It lo right? That looks so beautiful. And I gave it to her. We kept it on the table. We washed it moving inside the bottle. We washed it giving light. And then slowly, slowly, one day when we came back again, Daddy, let's check on the firefly. We looked. And the firefly in the bottle was dead. Was dead. That's a church right there. The church looks beautiful. With all of us fireflies flying inside the church. It's amazing and beautiful to be inside four walls. The other day I was talking to one of my friends. He's a minister and we were saying, you know, sometimes we shine light for each other. Stotra. <laughs> May my light shine on you. And he goes back, May my light shine on you, brother. If that's what's going to happen, Eventually, the fireflies are going to die. They're going to die. Even in the salt example, can I tell you something? Can you put up that picture of the salt shaker? You are the salt of the earth. But the salt is in a bottle. It's like the church. All the saltiness is together, sitting together. Hey, unless the salt is evenly distributed, <laughs> the, our communities are not going to be flavored up. Our, 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 our neighborhoods are not going to be changed. They're still going to be dry and tasteless and, and void. But we are the salt of the earth. Now let's put the firefly back. Since I read that passage, I was like, I should say something about it. You know what? I did a study on the fireflies. You know how the fireflies, they breed? It is their life in the dark. The light they shine in the night times actually attracts the opposite sex. And that's how they breed. And then they lay eggs under the ground. And under the ground, 
the eggs are formed, the babies come out, and the babies are supposed to come out of these burrows or these underground compartments. They come out and they shine because that's their purpose, to shine in the dark. But research is showing that pretty soon these fireflies are going to be extinct. You know why? All these, all these young ones who grow up under the underground, they're saying it could be the weather. It could be the climate changes. It could be uh, 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 the fertilizers or the chemicals. It could be, it could be various things that are putting these young fireflies to stay comfortably inside the burrows underground. And as they stay there, there's so much light in there, but it doesn't solve the purpose and mating doesn't happen. And they're saying eventually the fireflies, they are on the verge of extinction. Oh, I don't know if you got it. We can shine as much as we want in the burrows. But Lord has called us to step out into the dark world. Amen. The dark world is what the light. They need the light. They are the ones who need the light. But we are hiding under the bushel. We are hiding under the basket. We are timid and shy. We are fearful. We don't know what is going to happen. Talking to a lot of my young friends, they all, they, we have, including me, we have a lot of problems. We think, what if you ask this question? Maybe I cannot answer that. What if I say something and he throws something at me? Let me tell you something. Now I'm a Bible school student. But I wasn't a Bible school student when I first came to New York. I didn't know much about the Bible. But I still remember to this day that I used to preach in our subways on the F trains and the E trains. And I didn't know much. But I used to preach and see God move. It's not about what you know. It's not about anything else that you can logically talk or think about. But it's about when you step out into the dark world. The Christ that is in you. It begins to shine. It begins to radiate the glory of God. It begins to radiate the glory of God. People seeing you will see God. People talking to you will hear from God. People knowing you or, 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 or coming in contact with you will become in contact with God because you are a representative of the God most high. Let me wrap it up by saying this. It ends by saying, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Listen, people of God. Let's do good works. What is good works? The commission, go. Go and do what? Cast out demons. Heal the sick. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Some of the preachers these days say, Miracles, miracles, miracles. We need to stop that. No, it is a commission of the Lord. Wherever he went, there were miracles. Wherever he went, demons were cast out. Wherever we go, that should happen. That's, it's, it's very simply, that's the will of God. 
The other day, a man of God was saying, what is God's will for you? Engineering or medicine? Should I go for to be a physician assistant or should I go for nursing? And he said, oh, why don't you pick one? And the will of God is cast out devils, heal the sick, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our commission is to go. There are people out there who need your touch, who need your prayers, who need you to just tell them that God loves you. And I'm telling there is harvest. There is harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Would you step out of your comfort zone and come out and be the light that God has called you to be? And God will use you. May God bless you with these words. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Praise 